podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Alright, yes people, we are live. Welcome to another episode of Mugga. Make United great again, and right now we're living up to the pod's name. Making up the Mugger Mafia today, we've got the contingent, as you can see. First and foremost, we've got Seb. What's going on, Seb? And as I said that, Seb left the room. Timing is off. All right, let's move to this. What's going on, my guy? Yeah, not bad. We have. We are here, man. We're, 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 we're feeling great again, man. We're feeling great. Donald Trump left the White House and... <laughs> now we're now we're taking his spot, man. Top of the table. Uh, Aka, what are you saying, my guy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Another week, another win. Two wins. We had two wins. Two wins, week, yeah, two man. Wins. Yeah, yeah. You, you man, I had to Fulham on a football team. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was, I was referring to Fulham. Ah, uh, hey, I like that. I like that. I like that. And Stevie, last but not least, what's going on, my guy? Yeah, I'm good. You're catching me trying to post the the link on Twitter as well, so I'm a struggle to multitask right now, but I'm blessed. That's why I came to you last. I knew I was yeah. thinking of you. I, I wasn't that last. quick, man. <laughs> so just before we get into the main bits of the pod, um, our Discord community, uh, Discord community, I should say, continues to grow. So every game United play, we're there, and also the other teams are part of the Touchline Frackers uh, family. Check us on there, engage with us as you watch the games. Let's get straight into it, man. The last seven days, two wins from two. We will respect Liverpool as a football club. We did beat them. Uh, the 3-2 win yesterday at Old Trafford. 
Um, first and foremost, uh, Disu, what did you think about yesterday's performance? Um, some parts good, some parts not so good. At the beginning, it was a bit was a bit shaky. Liverpool's press was caught up Pogba a couple of times, it caught up McTominay a couple of times, caught up. It was catching out everybody, really. So they're pinching the ball off us. We struggled to play out from the back against any team that has any sort of good pressing strategy. So that was um, dangerous for us. And um, But Liverpool didn't look too dangerous. Then we gave away a really, really bad goal. Obviously, good pass for Firmino, good run. Great first touch from Salah. Like the first touch was sick. And he dinked it over. Henderson, who had no chance. But then we just kind of woke up. So it's kind of like, we have to spot teams a quick goal. Do you know what I mean? And we wake up. And I was on a transition. Unbelievable pass from Rashford. Absolutely unbelievable pass. Like, I don't think we understand how difficult that pass is. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have like much backlift or time to, to really line it up and just, just, just. I can't remember who was the guy who was trying to cover. Just was over his head and then obviously murder mace of a fantastic finish. And then, but I thought that we looked more dangerous than Liverpool, even even though they got the first goal. I think Mason had two decent opportunities. We had quite a few counter attack opportunities, whereas like only Rashford seemed to be the one who's making the right decision in the transition. Like Cavani made a couple of bad decisions. There's one when Van der Beek looked like he was scared to dribble. And there's one where... Oh, I mean, yeah, you're on the right wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was a decent from Allison, people said it was difficult for a cutback. No, it wasn't. Mason could have cut the ball back to Van der Beek from early. From mm. early. From early. And um, there was another mm. one where I think... Uh, when um, I think when Mason was doing a gazillion stepovers, he could have cut it back to Cavani, I think, as well. So we weren't really very efficient in the final third. Um, second half, start of second half, Liverpool were onto us heavy. Onto mm. us heavy. Um, they got the goal. They had a couple of chances to take the 3-2 lead after um, Rashford again. Brilliant finish. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of the game, I didn't agree with Oli's changes. And I think Oli's changes made things worse. But Mr. Neville... What ones in particular? What ones in particular did you agree with? So, first things first, taking off Greenwood, I thought was crazy. I thought Greenwood was a threat all game, along with Rashford. So, that didn't make sense to me. Um, and who did he take off? He took off Greenwood and Van der Beek. I thought Van der Beek was doing all right. I think he was doing pretty well. Obviously, Bruno came on and scored a fantastic free kick. So, it kind of made up for it. But when Bruno came on, he was shocking. <laughs> but it was, it was just on brand, isn't it? Terrible, terrible, everything apart from... <laughs> like, he's, he's actually so... I, I, I actually hate the way he plays football. But his shooting technique is outrageous. Like, his ability to strike the ball is never really, like, a terrible strike when Bruno's hitting it. It's always... It's clean. Clean. Yeah, yeah. And he did also create, like, um, a very good team for Cavani for a brilliant cross. So, yeah, I wasn't... I think United were good value for the win in the end, I think. Um, I wasn't entirely impressed or entirely disheartened by anybody's performance. No, OK, McTominay, he was absolutely shocking. In fact, no, the defence, the centre-backs were, the centre-backs were terrible. But, um, the full-backs were really good. Like, Juan Basaka was very good. Luke Shaw has, um, my man Salah on absolute rope, 1v1. He can't beat him 1v1. And what Salah's mm-hmm. doing, really good at putting his arms around, back to goal, getting the ball, laying it off, or rolling people. That was not working on Luke Shaw. Maybe because Luke Shaw's used to bacon rolls, I don't know. But that was not working on him whatsoever. <laughs> and I thought, um, the midfield was terrible. But Pogba, towards the end of the game, Pogba played alright, but, Defensively was good, but Tomlin is just not a footballer. Uh, Fred came on, and Fred was just diabolical since he came on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why. I, yeah, that's why I didn't like the change. It was mainly the Fred thing. But um, yeah, um, good win, I guess. Knockout Liverpool is nice. 
Um, it was nice to see um, Liverpool com- Liverpool fans upset and fully in danger. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, go on. My main takeaway is hopefully Mason can build from this. That's that's my main takeaway. Hopefully Mason can build from this and go on to start scoring more goals and playing more minutes because I think he does give us an extra dimension uh, in attack with the fact that he can go both ways when he's on it and his finishing is just so good. Because that's the thing, isn't it? He was he was one of the sort of stars of the of the team last year, surprise packages of the team last year. But this year he's been a bit in and out of the team, would you say? But he took his goal very well. Aka, what did you make of uh, Mason Greenwood's performance yesterday and his goal? Uh, the finish was typical Mason, murder Mace, you know, in on goal and against a good keeper, just left him standing on the spot, buried it. His all, overall game was slightly better. There was times where I think he's still learning in the trade, so like uh, Dissu said, he should have released Cavani one time, he should have released Van der Beek, um, but he's picking that up slowly. I just hope he pushes on. Like this time last year, he didn't have m- much more goals. I don't think he had about 8-9 this time last year. And then obviously lockdown happened. He put a bit of size on, and he came back a different player. And he was he was you know banging the goals in. So hopefully we can see that side to him this second half of the season. It was always going to be a tough second second year for Mason Greenwood because people didn't know about him last year. Now everyone knows about him. He's a star boy. People are marking him better. He's feeling the physicality of the league and the, the you know the games more. Um, so it's going to be a tough second season for him. But I think he might just get through. If he, he's got four goals, I think if he gets through, hopefully to 15 goals. I'm happy with that. That's a good second season. He can keep developing his game, pushing on. Yesterday, I thought, was one of his better games. He wasn't as anonymous as he was against Fulham. It was mm. nice to see him start back-to-back games. I think Ole has done the thing where he takes him out after one game. But it does show that that's another factor as well. He doesn't play like regular games. And when he did it after lockdown, that's when he scored his most goals. So hopefully he gets a run in the team and he, you know, he, he boosts his numbers. But yeah, encouraging yesterday. It was a very good finish by him. It was also a very good finish by Marcus Rashford. It was nice to see them set each other up, wasn't it? Almost identical sort of crosses across the pitch. Stevie, what did you make of Marcus Rashford yesterday? Yeah, yesterday the boy was on fire, man. He he has been, I guess it's between him and Bruno, but our most consistent and our most um, valuable performer this season. The guys, he's, he keeps taking it up a notch slowly but surely um and this guy has just gone from strength to strength and I'm not going to lie when you when he first broke into the team when he was 17 I'm not sure I saw him get get into this level and it's it's amazing to see to be honest um the guy's added so many facets to his game and you see in that assist like he's been pinging balls for a while now and is is an absolute belt of an assist as as Dissy was saying and then that finish was what I like to see from him um, assured because he did have a bit of time to sort of pick his spot and sometimes he can get that wrong but it was a nice assured finish and there's a guy playing with confidence at the minute obviously he got subbed off at the end and it looked like he might be um, he might be out because for a little bit because I think uh, Oli was saying he's got a knee injury so he's going to get a scan today but we desperately need him in the team as much as possible and to be honest I'm glad he got a bit of a rest at Fulham because we've been playing him for for almost every game now um but but it just shows how important he is to this side um and and how good his form has been this season so yeah kudos to the boy man doing doing the business on and off the pitch man yeah he's definitely improving his game like that assist was it's almost an appreciation of the past he's put it Mm. on a plate how he would like it and i do agree with what you're saying because normally i would say rashford when it comes to his fin- finishing, when he has time, he's not always as sharp as when he has to score it under pressure. But yesterday, 
as you say, that side foot finish just past Allison, like he wasn't there, was a uh, was very good. A man who scored against Fulham but didn't get a chance to score uh, yesterday, who had the more sort of disciplined performance, was Paul Pogba. He was BBC's man of the match this year. I saw your tweet in. You're tweeting. You're usually a big fan of Paul Pogba, but you weren't too impressed with his performance yesterday. Do you want to speak on that? Yeah, um, I thought defensively he was really good. And then obviously in certain in certain scenarios, he was getting pressed pretty much for the whole game by Liverpool very aggressively. And at first he was getting caught out and I could instantly, I could just tell even by his passing, he looked really leggy. So I really hope that he gets some um, arrest this, um, this Wednesday with Peace Sheffield United. But then after the game, he started to get better in, in possession and stuff. But I just don't think that's a performance to give something to man of the match for, especially when Rashford is literally causing absolute mayhem. Like, that was bizarre. It was yeah, Rashford, bizarre. Rashford had little fizz out here breakdancing non-stop throughout the game. Got a goal, got in the field. Little I mean, like, absolutely terrorised Liverpool, one man up. And everything good that United did came through Rashford. And um, Paul Pogba got a man of match performance because, oh my God, we realise Paul Pogba can defend. No, like, that's not... I'm not uh, the biggest... When it comes to impacts on games... We're able to win your duels. Obviously, he did well and keep the ball. That's not enough to win football games. Pogba, even though I think he's he's our best player, like I don't think he's even close. He's our best player. I don't think he played to his normal normal standard. That's not that's that's, that's, like, that's like a bottom third Pogba performance. Because the impact on the game, we used to see Pogba driving past a couple man, clever passes in our final third, switches of play, creating chances. I don't think he created a chance yesterday. And I can't remember, even when Pogba's having disaster classes, he creates chances. So, I'm not saying it's a bad performance. Yeah. Then, well, okay, I'll give him maybe six out of ten. I think even mm. I think seven's even a stretch, but for me, if you're a midfielder, you're, you're, what, you have to have influence on the ball in the game. I don't think he had anywhere near the level of an average Paul Pogba game influence. So, I'll surprise him in the match. That's, that's crazy to me. Personally. Yeah, same. Uh, but if I look at him compared to all the midfielders, he was probably the best. That's oh, not that's testament. Him. That's not a testament to him, but it just allows me to navigate into this Donny van der Beek section that I've been waiting for for, for, for a few months now. Speak on it, brother. Bro, bro, we've been calling for this guy to play. We've been begging for him to be in the team, yeah? And I'm not going to lie. When he's come into the team, this guy has looked so anonymous. Like, it's, it's been crazy. And I know I'm not saying he's a bad player or anything, and I know mm. you've got to adjust. But right now, we can clearly see why Ole's not playing him in the league because he's not making a difference at all. Um, to be honest, if his name was Cleverly, I wouldn't be surprised right now with the impact he's having on our team. That first half yesterday, the guy was anonymous. I think I saw him once, and that was when he was celebrating with um, nah, <laughs> with our team. He passed it to Rashford. He passed it to Rashford, who then put the cross in for Mason, right? I think the thing with Van der Beek is his style of play is he's very much a passing move guy mm. and um, him finding clever spaces he's a very intelligent footballer and that just simply doesn't suit Manchester United's style of play because we are not intelligent enough as a football team to play that way so mm. if we're playing for Pep he'll be doing oh, I'm not sure if you lot saw Thiago getting quick on Nigeria on Twitter and all the different things they're saying about him I go touch him you go touch him tackle. well that's the type of play he does he's like one touch one touch one touch passing move then eventually I'll exploit their space. Whereas United, the way United are built, we don't we don't combine in short distances that much, apart from sometimes in the final third, Rashford, Pogba, Martial do a little one-touch thing, or sometimes Shaw's involved. But we're usually long bursts, big passes, transition play, somebody does something mad. So United, 
the, in the way we compose, we need people who have high individualistic qualities. Mm. So Bruno has a lot of individual qualities. He might just think, fuck it, I'm just going to bang it from 30 yards or I'm going to smack in a free kick or I'm going to do this crazy, crazy cross to the back press to Cavani. Martial, I might, okay, maybe Martial 20, 2019, 2020, I might run past a couple of men, do one to Rashford and score. Rashford, we've seen him skipping past man. Pogba, we've seen him skipping past people or scoring long shots or playing long passes. Van der Beek's game is nowhere near as individualistic as our main players right now. And that's why he stands out like a sore thumb. I don't think it means he's a bad player. I just think I just think it's a bad fit for Manchester United as of now. Unless we're gonna start in how we play. Like I said, I would rather us spend that money. We just we could spend that money on 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 Eze and got change. Literally, could spend the same amount of money. Okay, let's say they pay sixteen million. We'll probably get we we'll probably have to pay ten million more because we're United. Twenty five mm. million, fifteen million change, or put some money on top of that and get Partey. But I just think uh, Van der Beek is just. I think my I think my boy said this in the group chat on my shout and he said United would have been better off getting Partey and Arsenal would been better off getting Van der Beek because Arsenal creativity we need that midfield still. So I hear what Steve is saying, but I don't think is completely and utterly down to him because that's just how he plays football. You can't buy a man and expect him to do something that he's not meant to be doing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's fact. But then again, are we as a team getting the best out of him? Because as as you yeah. rightly say. He he's a he's a triangles man. He's a he he plays football in triangles. That's the Ajax way. It's about sort of not tiki taka, but almost in that sort of mould of football. Where as you say, uh, you, we expect Rashford to do something, or Bruno or Pogba to score a screamer. So, and we can't expect a man that's out in the cold to then come and make it happen the first game he comes back. That's what I used to kind of do to uh, one matter. Matter won't be in the team. Then he comes on, and I'm expecting him to be slinging balls to the wing, then coming on the end of crosses, crossing it in, scoring. You can't put too much pressure on him. He came into a big game, and I thought he did okay. He wasn't he a wasn't, he wasn't central figure, but he did okay. And he's a better ball retention player than Bruno, because we know, we know Bruno. And I'm going to take some credit right now, because last week on this pod, I said we need to rest. Bruno and not start him against the top six. Maybe it was a cup game. Maybe Oli is listening into us. But you see what happens. You don't start Bruno. He comes on. When we need to expand the game more, he gets a goal on it. So I don't know if I'm going to give you full credit for that one, Michael, because I don't think you wanted him on in the 90 minutes at all. No, I didn't want him to start. I might give you a half point for that one. Nah, come off it. Go go back to last week. I said, don't start this man. (laughs) <laughs> William wants to expand the pitch. Um, but he, Bruno took his goal very well, um, as Bruno sort of does. Um, so we give him Pogba at six. What did you guys think about Luke Shaw's performance? Because obviously last week against uh, at Anfield, he padlocked uh, Salah. Salah didn't have a sniff. And then this time, his man scored two goals, but one-on-ones, he wasn't really taking him on. Aka, what did you think about Luke Shaw's performance? Uh, for me, it was decent. It wasn't as good as last week because Salah got in behind a few times and also he was doing that thing that he used to do where he, he tucks in too much so the the winger, the right winger has a lot of space. Um, he wasn't atrocious. He was decent and like you said, one-on-one he doesn't get beat. Uh, he tries to join the attack when he can. He's become very good on the ball, very reliable. You, you know, he can hold the ball, rotate it to the next teammate. So it wasn't a bad performance but I thought last week he was just that good. The ball was that high last week that the come down was inevitable this week, but it wasn't disastrous. But Salah did score two goals at the end of the day, and he should have Salah should have got a third as well, and that was like Shaw's fault. You could see it from a mile off. I was saying he's running in behind you, and Shaw was just too slow to get there, and thankfully Henderson bailed him out. 
Um, but Shaw's been doing a lot of good stuff. I think he might need a rest. You know, we're talking about players getting into red zones. Pogba, Shaw, these guys need a rest. So it's time for people like Tellers and Van der Beek to come in. With Van der Beek, it's hard. To, like Stevie, I know what Stevie's saying that obviously he's not looked his, his usual Ajax self, but he plays one game like every four weeks. So, so and you've seen what consistent game time can do. Pogba two months ago wasn't getting consistent game time, and people were slaughtering him. Lo and behold, Pogba's played two months straight. And he's undroppable now, Pogba. He's the first name on the team sheet. I mean, I remember I had an argument with Disu saying that Pogba can't start these type of games. But he's shown that he can. Oh, he right. oh, yeah. Oh, now you're here. Now you're here. I'm taking my you tell yourself you're so gone like that. I wanted... I was in the group chat. I swear to God, if I had a gun, I would have shot... I would have shot Seb. Like, I'm gonna be, they were updated from Tom and Fred to be playing actual football games outside of training. And they'll say, Paul LaBille Pogba, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the accolades, yeah? World Cup before He Obviously, the heat apparently is too much for him to play against Liverpool, but the heat is not too much for fucking McTominay and Fred to play centre mid. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't. I was so angry. I couldn't. It's not that. It's not that. It's, it's, with Pogba, if you look at him now, I think the reason why he got mad at the match yesterday, it was sort of like a Jordan Henderson appreciation so you know how far we won PFA when he shouldn't have even been in the list it was one of them ones BBC thought we've got a live match here we've finally got United Liverpool on let's appreciate yeah, Pogba yeah, yeah. in the last two months so they gave him man of the match for that reason it was a Paul Pogba appreciation award yeah, I, I, I been in the last two months and yeah, Pogba played, he's played sorry this, he's played multiple positions in the last two months and he's shown a level of maturity that we haven't seen for a while from Pogba at Man United and it shows it, Pogba is at his best when the lights are at the brightest we're top of the table. We're playing Liverpool in the FA Cup. The lights are firmly on Man United. And it's no surprise Paul Pogba's thriving. In the World Cup, he did the same thing. The lights were on France and Pogba. Lo and behold, he was one of the best players in the tournament. When the lights are at the brightest, that's when Pogba's at his best. And right now, Pogba's at his best. And I have to say, like, I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, but I do know he's an amazing talent. And like this just said, he is the best player in the team on his day. And what I really liked about his performances recently is he's playing centre mid, Number 10, left, right, he's, he's, he's everywhere. Ole's putting him in every, every hole he can fit him into and Pogba's thriving in every position and he's making a difference at both sides of the pitch. So, you know, yeah, I, I hold my hand up. Pogba is now you know, in the big games and I think this will help us in the big games because Pogba will start getting picked now because he's shown the performances that he can do it and he is reliable and he's an experienced player. Paul Pogba, for me, is the captain of the team. I know he, he would have been captain. If he didn't have this issue with the agents, and all, if you're, you're telling me Harry Maguire is captain ahead of Pogba. Come on, man. Pogba is the leader of the team. He's the captain. He's admired in the dressing room. He's respected. And he's going to give us a big six months. And you're going to see us do better in big games like you saw yesterday because Pogba will be starting these games and not coming off the bench and not playing out of position. And when Pogba does that, we're going to be better in the big games in the second half of the season. Yeah, but you should have known all this before when you're advocating for... So I'm not letting you... You have to see it, though, this week. I'm not letting you see it. 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 I'm not Watch the positions he takes up when you're out of the ball. He, like, okay, if next round I game watch, watch the difference between him and Pogba or him and Matic or sometimes Fred, but Fred got shook in the Liverpool game. He usually doesn't. When Maguire and Lennox get the ball, McTominay will stand behind somebody so, don't, so he don't get the ball because he's, because he's a bit, he's not confident in his ability to get the ball. And often when he gets it, he doesn't really go forward. 
Whereas Pogba, he's literally going from horizontally across the pitch, trying to put, give an angle to get the ball. Pogba will whiz the ball to the other side run, get Matic is the same. So he's not a footballer and he's not very good defensively because he doesn't plug gaps very well. What Matome is good at, he is very super athletic and he can win his jewels again, apart from really tricky players. But come on, like if a tricky player does, does you, he does you, innit? Fred, on the other hand, he has got some element of a football brain has a where to be. He can break the line sometimes. But Fred has the strength of my little sister and he gets bypassed easily. I think he was, like the, he was the most dribble pass player in the Premier League last year. And he's probably up there again. So when you play them two, you don't actually get any protection from the back four. They just run a lot. And it doesn't matter if they run a lot because the ball moves quicker than anybody. So the first half an hour in the in the first Liverpool game, you saw what they'll do to us. They'll, they're all, all over the place. You know what I mean? So we can't. I don't think we can go with this mentality that, yeah, big games, we're going to play Fred and McTominay because, yeah, we want to transition. But if you have players who are scared to get the ball off our centre-back and aren't good on the ball anyway, how can you transition from... Um, from defence to attack. That's why it's so important to play um, Pogba's position. I don't mind Pogba playing out on the left because I think he gives United an extra element of control in the final third. But the problem is you can't have McTom and the other clown in, in DM. We have to play Matic and maybe one of the other idiots. So, nah, you can't, you can never, you can't, you're not going to get away with that. You and the other guy, Seb, who, who ran off as well. You no, knew and that's the progression in the team. <laughs> so what happens is our centre-backs, they sit in too deep in big games. So we can't leave big open spaces in front of them. They're literally camped. Maguire and Lindelof are literally camped out on the on the 18-yard box, yeah? So you can't leave a big space. Now, with Pogba, and the issue with Pogba is when he plays there, he does give it a bit of room, like not as much as McTominay and Fred. That's why we've seen McFred play. However, I think the team's natural progression is the centre-backs are going to have to come higher up, and that allows then Pogba. That's why when Bailly plays, you see Pogba's a completely different player. He's coming from deep, he's driving the team forward, and he's dictating games like he has done in recent weeks. And Oli's seeing that, and I think that is the next progression in big games. You're going to see our centre-backs come further up the pitch, and that allows then Pogba to go further and drive forward. And you don't need a McFred then to sit and protect the centre-backs. Oh, no, I, I feel like Oli's got this proper love affair with that clown Lindelof. Like, yeah, he, he, he proper loves him. He oh, proper yeah, loves they, him. They, they got the thing with the Lindelof is, though... He's a Nordic thing. He's reliable, though. On the whole, he's, he's more reliable than Maguire for me. Maguire oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know Maguire's going to play. That's the but thing. the thing is, like, Ole hasn't got the balls to drop Maguire. It should be Lindelof sure. and Bailly getting but, around the team. He ain't got the balls. So he's not going to drop... He, he loves Lindelof, like you said. So, unfortunately, Bailly pays the price. But credit to Maguire, though. I did, like, I'm not a fan of Maguire, but I've got to say, in in the last six weeks or so, the guy... I won't say he hasn't put a foot wrong, because I've, I've still seen some shaky things from him. But by and large, he's been a respectable defender. I can't even, I can't even get at him. And he does... He does give us something aerially and his distribution when he has time is fairly good. Although I can say the same of Bailly and um, and Lindelof, to be honest. But just, just touching on that Pogba thing again, I think yesterday, I think there was a point in the, early on in the first half, this year, you, just, you touched on it slightly, which is why I think Oli is reluctant to put him in the double pivot against the big six where he gets pressed and he gets pickpocketed in dangerous positions. And it happens in almost every single game and he gives the ball away in a dangerous position so I think he just needs to just be yeah, a bit more away and just be quicker with releasing the ball like that. every centre mid happens every centre mid just yeah every, everyone gets chased man because they, they come like a pack of wolves they come like a pack of wolves they go four times so why is it when it's Pogba and it happens to McTominay and Fred it's not Pogba's fault it's the thing in, about in, in training at home with their kids <laughs> Pressure or no pressure, do you know what I mean? So I hate what people. Like, my problem with Pogba is that 
he's over reliant on the fact that he's six foot four and he's stronger than people. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like, oh yeah, I know there's three man there, but I'm gonna put my arms out and look at the ball. No, you imbecile. Then <laughs> they they've identified you as a person that we can't like. Which now must sit on him. We can't give him time. So, so it's annoying when he does that. So I understand that. But the op- if we had other options, like if we had like Partey or we had uh, Basama or other DMs that are, you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. the that point and we could put Pogba further forward. I have no problem with that. But what you have having clowns at the at the back in the back of a, no. If Matthews is playing there, I'm fine with it. If it was like if it was Matthews and Fernandinho, I'm like, okay, Pogba, you go left mid, you have the creative freedom to kind of be the playmaker in the final third, and then we're gonna have these two who are gonna be good on the ball and defensively robust. I don't mind. But McTominay and Fred don't give you the defensive side. All they all they do is give you energy. This ain't EDF, bro. Like, we're we footballers, man. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. This, this ain't 1997, 1998. This is, a, this is 2020, 2021. Like, these good footballers here, and teams will maneuver you out of position. So, like, yeah, man. We I think in certain big games, like, we're going to have to play. We we should play Pogba. Especially, and when, I, when we play Pogba left, we're moving Rashford out right, which is annoying. But then when we play Pogba out right, then he's not as effective as he's playing on the left because I like him in the left fast space. But... He likes to sharp. He likes to cut in. The thing is, as you say, we know it's a DM problem. The amount of times, because we know how good Liverpool's press was, but we were so insistent on starting the goal kicks with Henderson to Maguire and trying to build up at the back and That's knowing the pressure was coming, knowing because we don't because we don't have patterns of play. Like that's how we want to play. And like if that was City, City will still play for City. No, okay, cool. If if I go here, this man's gonna go here. I'm mm. supposed to do them moves where it's like boom, 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 bang. Even and they're out of it, innit? Chelsea under Sari. Gordino come in, give it back to Kepa, give it to Rudiger, boom, and they're out. Out of the press. We don't have those type of patterns. And then we have a like, man like um what's his name? Fred and Tommy Del Panic, Wambasako, Jesus. Pure Panic. Pure Panic. Pandemonium. When yeah, finally for the second goal. I don't know what my man was on. Man just played a free ball to the opposition. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know how I, I, did that. I don't know <laughs> That was shocking. Uh, you know what's funny? Yeah, United fans are hilarious. We've, we've proper gone on like a 20 minute moan, innit? You'd think we hadn't won like two games. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But it could, it, it's true, you know. You're chasing excellence, innit? That, that's what you do when you're at the top, innit? You're chasing excellence. You want the problems. Obviously, with them, while well, we're top of the league. But there's still things that we can iron out. And I think we all know the DM is a big problem. We need a ball-playing DM. And I think the argument, I think what your boy said this to about if we got party, obviously I don't want to dream about another 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 team's player, but my gosh, if you got a ball-playing DM, that's what we need. That that should be number one priority, getting a ball-playing DM. And that will solve, that allow Pogba to push up, play in the eight position more, maybe make Bruno from 10 to 8 and have... A DM, because that's what Matic should be. I don't know why we gave him a new contract, but don't play him. But anyway, that, I, I don't, I don't make the decisions in the board, innit? What? He's a translator, that's why. He translates for Cavani, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he got the contract. You see a lot with um, um, Pogba as well. Pogba and Matic, like, especially, like, they just, yeah, Oliver says that, and it's Cavani. Cavani's like, what's this guy talking about? Pogba, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, just keep running, it. Keep running, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Pogba speaks Spanish as well. So yeah, yeah. Now, Pogba and Matic, they're, they're, they're boys, though, innit? Weren't they comparing each other's drip recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. trust. Agent yeah. Matic, fam, looking... What did they say? He looked like the guy from, was it? Power or whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, 
That's funny, oh, right? Someone needs to talk about Pogba's haircut, though. That was the worst thing on the pitch yesterday. Hey, well, I, thought, like, I was scared for the performance. I can't I was, that was horrific, man. Lucky you won Sky Sports for reporting on that soonest when they had a flip, fam. Lucky <laughs> BBC, fam. Thanks. Man like Ian Wright on his side. But talking about Pogba, we talked about him a lot. Let's move on to the next section of the pod. Let's talk about... We're at the halfway season of the... We're at the halfway point of the season, I should say. 18 games played. Uh, we've made progression in the FA Cup. have been knocked out of the Champions League and the League Cup. Doctor, mm. I'm not going to lie. I have to address you. Half of 38 is not 18. Half of 38 is not 18. Oh, I was 19. Oh, we're close enough, innit? Blame Mariah. He, he set the agenda. Um, but we're, we're close enough anyway. That we can do a little halfway review. Who's been your best player? I'm going to start with you, Stevie, as you're sharp on your numbers. Who's been your best player? Uh, I wish I didn't come at you there because I had a no, no, you're, you're not ready. You're not ready. My best player, ooh, I think Bruno's undeniable and I, and I love Bruno. And so, granted, Dissu and Akiba here, I know they're probably going to pick Rashford. So, for a variety, I'm going to go for Bruno. Um, the guy, I know, I know we're talking about this season, but since January, like the guy has been on absolute smoke for us. You can talk about his performances sometimes when he doesn't get a goal or assist, but I would struggle to find a more transformative signing for Man United in the last, I don't know, decade or so. The guy has been so instrumental to a lot of the good things we've done this season and in the whole of uh, 2020 as well. Um, And I think just his mentality alone brings a lot to us, but you add to that the goals and assists that he provides, those numbers, I don't think you've seen them from a midfielder since um, Frank Lampard. So, yeah, he can be frustrating, and yeah, his pass completion is is ridiculously low, but his goals and assists are ridiculously high, and ultimately, that's what counts in, in football. So, yeah, man. Hey, hey, you're right, Stevie, you are, but we're on 19 games. Why are you trying to, trying to correct, man? We're on 19 games. Check the table, my guy. <laughs> check the table. I'm going to give wrong. Let me check the table. Nah, you said we're at the halfway point, innit? I'm just yeah. saying, halfway, yeah. half of 38 is 19, innit? Yeah, we played 19, 19 games. 19 games. <laughs> <laughs> See silence. <laughs> You know when you're trying to be too smart for your own good? Yeah, you got caught out there. But obviously, he's going Bruno Fernandes, so maybe that shows that his brain isn't in the right place. But let's see. Let's check in with Dissu. Dissu, obviously, who, who's your best player of the season so far? Um, yeah, I think it's Rashford um, pretty pretty clearly. Bruno has been, I think, our second best player with by pure virtue of the production. And there was like a five-game spell where he actually looked like a footballer. I was getting the numbers. But on the rest of them, he's looked like an imbecile, but getting numbers. But Bradford has been excellent. Um, and the reason why he, along with Bruno, have been putting this, this, this team's attack on their back, because Marshall has been nothing short of an absolute disgrace. Marshall's picked an opportune time to have the, have the worst spell of his career, which is really, really frustrating. And obviously, Greenwood is, hasn't been firing, and obviously, he's had his own issues off, on, off the pitch, was on the pitch. So I think Rashford, he's really improved. Like he, we've seen his playmaking come out more, he's passing. And now he's playing with a real swagger. I'm not saying he's anywhere near like this player, but this is my favourite player almost ever. But the way that Neymar plays, where Neymar's just walking around the pitch, confident, stands a man up, will take him on, just accelerates and decelerates whenever he wants to. 
like trying all types of tricks and trying to manipulate space. Like Rash is playing that type of confidence right now. He's he like he looks like a real world class footballer. So he's he's got. I think he's got. I think he's two and three in terms of goals for games or close or he's or at least one and two. He's got quite a lot of assists and obviously he's done his he's done his thing. So yeah, I'm gonna go for Rashford. So that's one point for Rashford, one for Bruno Aka. Where, where are you leading to? I can't be agreeing with this, so I've got to go with Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, ah, for, ah. for the, the trend to continue. Um, now, Bruno has been phenomenal. I remember when Bruno was at Sporting Lisbon and I looked at his record. He had about 55 goals and assists in about 60 games or 56 mm-hmm. games. And I thought to myself, there's no way he's going to come to England and do that. And let's say he does, we're going to be in the title race. And lo and behold, here we are a year later. His numbers are phenomenal. He's got 45 goals and assists in 51 games. He is just inevitable. I put a tweet out last night. Yes, he's frustrating. Yes, he's hard to watch with his pass completion at 42% or whatever it is. He does a lot of stupid things in games, but ultimately he decides games. And I do hear this year. I've loved Rash's play this year. Rash has become like such, such a mature player. And he, he now believes the hype Rashford. You can see it. He's moving like Ronaldo in 2006 when, you know, when he came back from the Euros and he just lit it up. But for me, Bruno is ultimately deciding games and he is the driving force. His mentality, you know, we, we, we mock his passing and we mock his style of play, but you can't mock his, his, his mentality. He is driving that team. He has numerous times over the course of the last year and this season told his teammates when they quite frankly haven't been good enough. And that is ironic because he can't complete a pass himself. I was going to say, there's no word of Bruno <laughs> That is impossible. <laughs> you, think, you think he talks to himself in the mirror? And, and of all the players on the pitch, if Bruno came to act, I think I'll lose it. There's no way. Uh, the thing is, though, this is like, you can't lose it because this, they were, if you look at us last January, I think it's almost a year to the day, we lost to Burnley. I told you that was the game when I was about to retire from football and when a lot of these players should have retired from football. But then this guy's come in, he's dragged us single-handedly up the table into top four. Now he's we're taken not, us to the top of the table. We're not going to do the division history. Do not drag us single-handedly up to top four. Because when Bruno first came in, Bruno weren't really doing shit. Bruno weren't doing shit. We got a couple of draws here. We smacked up a couple of dead teams. I think we smacked up Derby and that random team in the European League. And we, got, we got a good win against City and Chelsea, where Bruno, I think he got an assist in both games. Or literally exactly. Won. So he did, come on, man. He's got, he's yeah, got an assist in the big game. Remember, we're so far off. And then what happened was we had a global pandemic. And then our best player came back. Arguably, our second best player came back from injury, and then we stopped playing Daniel James and played Mason Greenwood. So all three of those, with the inclusion of Bruno, I disagree. Yeah. Though I disagree because I tell you why he came in, we drew to Wolves, and you can see there was issues in, in the team. In the team, then we started playing a bit better, and we got a couple of results. I remember we went to Goodison, and he scored like all right. Pickford made a fault, but he got a goal, and you could see things were happening in this team. The, the team's morale had been lifted. We just started fighting. We drew everything. That's what happened, and then Pogba was like. Pogba was throwing his toys out of the pram. He's seen Bruno come in and light up. He's like, yeah, yeah I want to get back out as well. And then Rashford came back as well. And they were all firing. He was injured. Yeah, but you can see, like, you can see Pogba's heart at the start of the year wasn't really in it. He was sort of dilly-dallying and his agent was coming out. And we thought that was it for Pogba. I just thought Pogba... So I thought Pogba was going to go this summer. This last summer. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. When we beat Chelsea 4-0, Pogba got two assists. That was the first day of the season. Then how many games did he play after that? I know, granted, he was injured. I don't want to turn this into Pogba Bruno because it's not. But no, no I'm, I'm saying we're saying this is incorrect because he literally played like three games. He played against Palace where we lost, uh, Wolves. Yeah, he played. He played four or five Wolves, games. Chelsea, I think from September onwards he didn't play. He didn't play after September. We didn't see Pogba because he was injured. The team was in the gutter when Bruno came. We got a couple of decent results against a couple of decent teams. We then beat City. That was the moment 
where we thought, you know what, we could go on a run here and get top four. Okay, then, granted, lockdown came, but Bruno got the goals and the assists. The team did better, you're right. Things happened, but Bruno was the catalyst for that. Even this season, Bruno got the most goals and assists. You can't really? yeah, He's the catalyst. Yeah, this season, I'm not allowed you to cap on last season, because that's not true. This season, even we are at the halfway point of the season, so let's focus on this season. So, are, are all your results on all your selections based on this season? Yeah, Bruno yeah. did this season, yeah, still. Okay. What about you? Who's yours? Uh, is either Trent? I put Bruno slash Pogba down on my sheet, but I think Bruno's been more definitely been more decisive. And if we take Pogba. out his goals and assists. The problem was last six weeks, to be fair. So it's not really the whole I thing. Long than six weeks. I think Pogba's probably Pogba third. Yeah. Yes. Bruno, Rash, and then Pogba. Uh, Pogba. No, no, I think Luke Shaw's good as well. No, I think, yeah, I would say. I would what, Luke Shaw or Pogba? What, what impact does Luke Shaw have on football games? He's playing well, though. Luke Shaw was That's fantastic. He's playing well. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying Luke Shaw's an honourable mention. Yeah, 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 honorable yeah, yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, I'll say that. Top three: uh, Bruno, guys, Rashford, uh, Paul Pogba. Honorable mention: Lucas Shaw. Let's do it like that. Um, let's do it like that. It's sad that Marshall's not part of that conversation. I'm seeing a lot of comments here. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah, are we nah. getting onto the worst player this season? Because he's definitely Look, part of that. Well, we weren't meant to, but you know, let's, let's go there, Steve. You want to talk on it? Speak, speak your mind. You know, there's a few contenders in there because <laughs> <laughs> this is a tasty conversation. Maguire, Maguire was up there and would have been number one if it weren't for, I guess, um, the whole of January, a bit of December as well. Aaron Wan-Bissaka this season has been shaky, so shaky. Champions League performances, performances against the top six, you've just been sleeping. But... Uh, maybe not the worst player, but just due to his lack of impact for the entire season and how far he's regressed from where he came last season. Like, Anthony Marshall, man, what's happening, man? Like, the whole of the United fan base has put so much stocks into this guy, yeah? And the guy's not giving us any returns at all this season. Nothing. He's given us nothing. Cavani's got more league goals than him. I, I don't know what's happening. I think Pogba's got more league goals than him. Like, it's just embarrassing. He's got two, yeah. man. Yeah, two league goals. I'll get more. Yeah, it's not the same. He's got the same. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, Akib, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, on the corners, I can hit the target better than Harry Maguire. Jeez, Jeez. I can say he's got that. He's got the head and ability. <laughs> <laughs> Promise me. Nah, he's Bruno's scary. on the worst player list too. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, Bruno, Bruno, he can't be on both lists. <laughs> he can't do it. I'll give you on both lists. Well, are you for the case, us? He's literally like our worst outfit player in that 10 games. But then, he was just going to match him. <laughs> he was just score a dirty, dirty finish and then do like, out, do like a lovely, lovely pick through ball or good cross or something. But like, he's the mentality. He's the mentality. He doesn't let it affect him. That's the thing. Because yeah, he was thinking against Liverpool. His mentality right. is on 100. That, yeah, that's, 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 I think Bruno mentality is so, I think that's spot on. I think that's his, outside of his shooting technique, because his shooting technique is just top, that's his second best attribute because his production, with his talent, he shouldn't get that production because he's not the most out of all life. <laughs> he's not better than Matter technically. He's not, no, he can't, he can't chat to Matter or Van der Beek technically, but mm, his, his mentality, his determination and also his off-ball movement is so good. Like, 
getting into spaces, wearing mm. off players. He's there's no he, you don't score goals and assists like that. Now, now he's not doing the penalty thing too much. He's actually getting an open play. You don't get goals just like that by accident, more often than not. Do you know what I mean? But you've got to be. Oh, he's not oh, if he can keep this up, then yeah. But if he can't keep this up, then we're gonna have problems because <laughs> that guy is playing against us. <laughs> he, he show, he's shown he's tell, he's shown that he can do it consistently. The year, the twelve months he's been here, so long may that continue. But just focusing back on this season now, the twenty. Uh, 20 and 21 season, what has been your best moment? And I'm going to start with you, Akka. What's been your best moment? What what moment do you look back on? You're like, rah, that, that was a real good time to be a United fan. Um, I enjoyed the uh, Leeds 5-2. Obviously, Leeds is a big rival. They had an, um, Six or five? But go on. Yeah, Leeds is a big rival. We hadn't played them in the league in God knows how many years. They came up. They were playing this Bielsa ball. You know, people were worried about, you know, we're going to get outclassed on our home turf. We had a patchy home record as well. People were worried, and we just blew them out. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Four in the first half. To be 4 0 up after 30 minutes. Um, I live not too far from Leeds, so I know a lot of Leeds United fans, and I just love their faces. When in, uh, 40 minutes in, they were 4 0 down. So that for me was a, you know, a moment. And, and that's, I think, when we started believing that this team might just go on to do a madness. Because before that, it was just really Timmy and Chris Waddle that were shouting about United in the league. And uh, I remember the first time I heard Timmy say that, I thought, I thought, what is he on about? But then I think after that game, you saw things are going in the right direction. You know, this is more than just a, an, an upturning form. We're actually getting a run together. And now we're putting away a very good football inside. Albeit, yes, yeah, very important goals, you know. Yeah, so that was one. And, and a McTominay double. I love that. You know, me and Seb, Team McTominay out here. I love that double. Record-breaking Disu, I'll just remind you. Only player to score two goals in the opening three minutes. <laughs> he's got a lot. I don't think he'll change. he's going to break that record in his career, definitely. Definitely. I think those goals surprised him, but they were very well taken, you've got to say. I'm just reading. I think, he, I think he scored as many goals as Martial in two minutes than Martial has all season. Three Scary. minutes. Scary. Scary, but that, that was a good win. That was a very good win against a rival that we've not played in a, in a, in a little while. 6-2 win at home at OT. One, I think that was one of the few games during that period that we had actually won at home because we've been very good away, but at home, not so much. Stevie, what was your best moment of the season so far? Yeah, I think I would have gone with, with what Akib said, but again, for variety, um, I just really enjoyed the PSG win from a personal perspective. Mm. I hate them as a football inside, to be honest. Um, I, I hate their guts. And it was just one of those games where we obviously, we didn't think we stood a huge chance after the draw and turns out we didn't stand much of a chance in the end. But um, that, that, that match, I just thought us going up against the supposedly 
top European side and then seeing Rashford come up with the trumps yet again in another big European um, game. It was just, yeah, it was a pleasure to behold and, and it was a great goal from Rashford as well. And when the boy, when the boy wonder comes good, like it's just good, good round, good all round feeling. So yeah, man, that's probably it for me. Um, I think this Liverpool game though was probably didn't bring the same amount of joy, but it's good to see us go up against the top team and actually get the three points um, in England because we've been struggling with draws um, and, and losses. So that, that that's also a bit of a highlight. Calm, I hear that. That was a big win against PSG, you're right, man. And Axel, Twenham, Zabi, that game, we all, yeah. I remember, we were all saying he's our best centre-back, but then we've not seen much of him. We've not <laughs> seen much of him since that game, so who knows what's going on, man? Who knows what's going on? But this is, last but not least, uh, what was your best moment uh, so far this season? Um, when it comes to best moments, um, I tend to like to look at the bigger games, but we've sucked in the big games, and the two decent ones... One of the two ones we've done is that Blackwood the five nil and Rashford was putting um certain man in a blender that they wanted to sign up spent about called up and coming or something like that. Got for that. And, then, uh, and also the PSG win, but we ended up getting bounced out anyway, so you can't even pick them things there. So I think I'm gonna go for Burnley, Pogba's winner. Or was it winner? But whenever he scored Yeah, yeah, yeah one nil, yeah. I think that was what took us top the league, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, especially because I was talking a lot of smack to Liverpool fans, I was like, "Listen, boy, don't 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 slip up against Southampton because by the time you you next play, you might not be top." And obviously, we're having that game, Burnley were being very Burnley, very annoying, and then it just kind of came up nowhere. Like Rashford picked Rock Pogba out and he volleyed it and went in. So that's probably the most I celebrated this season, outside maybe Rash's Greenwood goal the other day. So, but that's FA Cup. Nobody cares about that. So, um, yeah, but I think the, the boys' um, picks were also other great games as well, like Lee's, but Tommy's first goal, I could have believed it. The, <laughs> outside of the, <laughs> the second one was better. What, what, the control and finish of the left? Yeah, the, the way he rolled it over, rolled his left foot over and buried yeah, and it. Yeah, and I think the fact that McTominay was like, it's on in terms of the title, I, was, I, was, I almost forgot that I despised him as a footballer. <laughs> almost, almost. For a split second, it was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, I hated him, so I was like, man. Nah, he came, he came up good. Obviously, he used to be a striker in his youth days and he showed that technique there, isn't it? With those <laughs> what would you say? I said Michael with the knowledge. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got, you got, you got to study before you come and start hosting this. <laughs> you've got to do a bit of studying. But, uh, yeah, he was, man. He was, I think it was about 15 when he got shifted uh, to play his current position, which, you know, he should be more comfortable on the ball considering he used to be a striker. But, hey, he oh, been released. He was even worse. And then he had, a, he, had, he had this massive growth spurt where he gained about like seven inches in, in a year and they kept him. And that's ironic because we say that he plays because of his height and his athleticism and his physicality. So if you take that away from his game and he's rolling around about five foot eight, he wouldn't have uh, yeah. club. True. True. If he was less than six foot, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be at the club probably, isn't it? Right. I can hit that with even more knowledge there. <laughs> I think we're that far back. He's really good back. But let's let's look. Obviously, we're, we're all obviously we're all jovial now. But let's let's look back at probably one of the worst moments this season. Um, obviously, it's been a few. Obviously, we've been knocked out in the semi final of the League Cup. We've been knocked out at the at the Champions League at the group stages, especially which is very sour after winning the first two games. So, Dissu, what would you say the worst moment? as a United fan, has been this season? 
Um, at first, I was going to say when we held a six-piece to Mourinho, that was just utterly depressing. But I like the one-no defeat to Arsenal. I swear, I quit football then. I quit football. They, they, like, they fucking suck. They are a terrible team, and Oli just Oli just got outcoached. They just pressed us high, and we couldn't do anything. We we mm. couldn't even pass. And and the worst, I think I remember we played the diamond, and we had Mason and Rashford up front. And every time Mason Rashford got the ball, it looked like they could just hammer the centre-backs. But because we couldn't play out from the back against a team with no speed, no creativity, no goal, no strength, yeah, we lost. And it's Arsenal. And I have all the Arsenal fans. That was a look. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to see this Oli guy. I hate I hate all these youths. So that's, that's definitely, for me, the lowest point of the season. Arsenal. I, when that was like, we're done out here. Like We can't even beat Arsenal. Oh, no. And that was made worse by the fact they won on that stinking run. Just yeah, after sure. beating us. I know. And they're gonna yeah. beat us again by the way. So I hope everybody's prepared. Do you think? Yeah. Don't do this man, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> nah nah. <laughs> yeah, she's silly, bro. Look at that comment. Um <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah silly. Well, I, I think it's because I actually didn't watch that watch that game against um the Turkish team. That um, I did. I didn't watch it either because I thought automatic win. I don't even need to lock into this. Bro, I, I, mean, I, mean, I came back and see what's cool down. I said, uh-huh. Bro, <laughs> you should have seen. Demba Bar had the freedom of Istanbul. Yeah. He just, just take the ball and he was just jogging with it. Then swear it past our keeper. I couldn't, you couldn't believe it. You could, it was worse than schoolboy defending. But anyway, I've spoken too much. Stevie, what was your worst moment? Was it that or was it something else? <sighs> The, the Tottenham performance that one that one hurt me. Arsenal Arsenal is bad though from from a personal perspective because you know when you're a United fan in London really your only rivals are Arsenal because there's no other fans within within a hundred miles from you. But that Tottenham one from a footballing perspective, I just thought we cannot sink any lower as a club like your ex manager. Mm-hmm. Come in to pack you in, and you know is Mourinho as well. So smug. We weren't at the races. I think there was a Pogba mistake. There was a Bayi mistake. There was a Maguire mistake. There was a Shaw mistake. Um, there was Marshall getting sent off as well. Just from a, like, just from an organisation and club perspective, for us to come out against the top six side and get like absolutely annihilated like that, that was a that's it was just disgraceful. Um, and at halftime, you knew that it was just going to get worse. That was hard to watch, man. Um, and so I stopped watching. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it could get any worse after that. And credit to Ole, because after that, he's stuck with the McFred combination. And really, we've been on the up since then. So, um, yeah, man, that, that, was, that was terrible. Humbling moment, but yeah, things have changed since then. So shout out Ole, because I thought his number was up after that game. Um, and he's he's come back fighting. He has come back fighting. He has come back fighting. And it takes a lot of resolve to lose to lose like that. Like I was thinking, football is long. So I was like, "What's golf saying?" I was going to pick up a whole new sport because I was like, "This is I can't. I really, really can't." So the fact that we can sit here and say at the top is just us. It's magical, but it's the season that is and testament to Oli for recovering from that. Aka, obviously, we've heard about the Tottenham loss. We've talked about. Um, losing to Arsenal, the North London teams. What what was the worst moment for you? Um, I was going to say Arsenal, but once again, I can't dis- I can't agree with the issue. So I'm going to go with Leipzig uh, when we got outplayed and crashed out of Europe. 
uh, it was just depressing, man. That first um, first thirty minutes, they just played us off the park, and they, you know, they're a good team, and you could see they were well coached and they had a great young manager, and we had the better players, but we were getting outplayed, we were getting outworked. There was a, the first fifteen minutes, we were clueless. I remember Wan Bissaka like he just seemed like he didn't have a clue what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. The third goal was a shambles. De Gea looking at Maguire, Maguire looking at De Gea. It was meek. It was timid. It was just horrible. We did sort of redeem it with two goals and nearly nicked the draw to go through. But it was depressing because at that at that moment we were in a, in a good moment and we thought we we're progressing as a team. And it was just sort of typical United post Fergie, one step forward, two steps back out of Europe. And now we're gonna have to go play Thursday night football in Channel Five. And it was just like, do we have to really go into that competition again? So just mm. to be different, I'd say Leipzig was a, a real low point. But credit to the boys, since that game, they pulled their finger out. And uh, I think that was the day when he he had Pogba on the bench and Pogba came on and Pogba wanted it. And he had the thing with the agent as well. And then since then, mm. I had to hold my hands up. Pogba's probably, he has been the best player, not probably. He has been the best player since then. And you've seen, like, I read a quote, Bruno's a floor raiser, but Pogba's a ceiling raiser. And you're seeing that now. So if the season continues the way it's going, Pogba will be player of the year and hopefully that coincides with the title and then he can ride off into the sunset if he wants to and uh, I'd be happy I think you make a very good point and also probably a testament to Oli there because it takes a, uh, takes a lot of man management to sort of control that situation you've got an agent speaking out mouthing off saying your player's leaving and then you know what if it was someone like Mourinho maybe he would have had a standoff he had a, he had a few standoffs for Pogba maybe he would have had a standoff but credit to Oli for you know, putting the shoulder around put an arm around Pogba and bringing him into the team and not making him feel like an outcast. And somehow, some way, we're seeing the best of him. So, and then you say, long may that continue. Um, as it's probably clear, my worst moment was losing away to Istanbul, that first goal. That's the reason we, we, we went out of the Champions League, really. You, you don't, everyone else beat uh, Istanbul. Uh, we, you can't, you don't lose to Istanbul. You, you, you just... Istanbul uh, Beach Kebab, I don't know, what, what did my guy say? I don't know. <laughs> we, you don't lose to them. You don't lose to them. You, you don't lose to them. I, I don't know. You just don't lose to them. So, uh, very sad. And, yeah, Thursday Night Football on BT Sport, it will be from next month. Um, and just head on a more positive note, uh, the last sort of midway point of the season sort of review, what has been your best sort of individual performance that you've sort of seen? So, not necessarily the best player, but the best individual performance. Let's go to you, Disu. Oh. So one performance that you saw, you're like, rah, like this guy is playing, like he's levels right now. He's like, he's he's on fire, untouchable. Whether he's clearing every header, whether he's licking every shot, he's touching the back of the net. Uh, Rashford has had a few of those. Obviously, on the weekend, he was causing... Those two light-skinned dancers, big, big problems. And then, obviously, when he came on against Leipzig, he was just making people, making people diddy-bop. So, one of those Rafa performances, um, I'll say Pogba against... It's one of the Pogba sentiment performances. Uh, I think it was Burnley. Yeah. Burnley, yeah, he was unreal. And there was one... What Bruno game was it? And I was like, rah, Bruno's playing out of me. I think it was West Brom. West Brom, he only won 1-0, but Bruno literally like put it on a plate for four people. Like, literally on a plate, and they all missed. So, um, I'll say those, those three. So, I'll say Rashford against, Rashford against Liverpool, um, Pogba against Burnley, and Bruno against West Brom off the top of my head. Those are three performances where I was like, like so as individual quality. I always go for like, your individual quality is just out of this world. So, Bruno's individual quality to create four, like, 
big chances in the game is just unheard of. Pogba literally ran the game and he just put the team on his back in terms of carrying carrying the team forward. And obviously Rashford, he just was a one-man attack, terrorised Liverpool. So those are the f- ones that I can say. I can't really decide between any of them. I, I don't know if you left any for Aka and Stevie, but that's the challenge they have now. So Aka, Aka first few, obviously this you had three there, but do you, have, do you have any more performances that sort of stick out for you? Uh, I was going to go with Pogba Burnley because that day, like, I thought the team wasn't playing great, but Pogba was levels and he was driving the team forward and then he capped it off with that goal as well. That is, for me, the outstanding performance. But because this you said it, I'll go with... Uh, I'm going to go with a left-field choice. I thought Luke Shaw last Sunday at Anfield. I thought it was a very, very matured performance. He locked off Salah. And you could, you know, I, thought, I said it last week on the pod. When Salah got the ball after the 60th minute, you just knew nothing was going to happen because Luke Shaw has got this locked off. You were scared off. to take on Luke Shaw. You just knew like, it, was, it was done. 60 minutes in, you knew it was done. And this is Mohamed Salah. Like, he's one of the, if not the, one of the, he might be the greatest winger in Premier League history the way it's going, the way it's going. And he was just locked Ooh, off by Luke well, Shaw. What position did CR7 play? Oh, hey, um, hey, lock the stream off. Cut oh, the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what <laughs> position did CR7 play? Yeah, I didn't check. Okay. I didn't check. Uh, I need to check. What position? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. What position did he play? Salah. No, no, Salah's up there. He's, he's productive. <laughs> he's productive. <laughs> my point he's is, my point is, this guy's phenomenal. He's been one of the best Premier League wingers, and he was locked off by little old, you know, fatty Luke Shaw, who locked him off, and he just he, he and he should have got an assist as well that day if Bruno had put the ball in the back of the net. Shaw was driving the attacks. He wasn't letting anyone in behind him. He wasn't losing his duels. I thought it was a, ve- you know, everyone came out of that game and they said, yeah, it was a boring game, but everyone did say. Luke Shaw, man of the match, and he he did his thing. He bossed it. He definitely did boss it, and yeah, to lock a man up as good as Salah, and as you say, to offer something at the other end uh, is a phenomenal performance. And we usually talk about Liverpool's fullbacks, but that day we were talking about Lucas Shaw. So big him up, and Stevie. Last but not least, uh, what what's been your performance of the season? Something that's really made you sort of sit there and take account. These love literally left me with nothing. I was going to go with the Shaw one, and then. Aka stole that one. McTominay leaves. Nah, I can't be. I can't be. <laughs> you know, I might have to go with. Um, this is this is poor, but yeah, I guess we haven't had that many amazing performances. Um, Axel against PSG. I thought, I thought he padlocked. He padlocked their forward line. You um, just stole that from the comments. <laughs> no, no, I, I was genuine. London hooking hooked him up. <laughs> uh, London Hokage, matching. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength, isn't it? Uh, but I just, yeah, he was he was good in that game, and I just think it's surprising that he hasn't played more since then. Um, Bailly's been really good when he's come back into the team as well. He seems to be like one of those defenders that almost transforms um, our defense when he plays and and allows our midfield to go and do their thing with with less um, defensive responsibility. So, yeah, man, we've had some good performers this season. Hopefully. Um, the second half of the season, we'll see something from Aaron Wan-Bissaka and, and Marshall, and that that might actually carry us through to to April, May, still in the running. Well, why do you think he's not played so much? What, like, obviously that was a great performance. We're all lauding him. We're all saying he's bigging him up. Axel saying he's back finally with his injury problems, and then you hardly see him. Well, why do you think so, Stevie? Would you Would you guess? I I genuinely don't know, but. I think every United fan knows that um, Solskjaer's preferred pairing is is um, Maguire and Lindelof. For some reason, I, I don't get it, but 
there must be something he sees that, that we're not because I'd have Bailly in the team for his athleticism all day long. And if not him, I, I feel like Twanzebe should have got more of a chance in like even FA Cup games or League Cup games. Um, but even when we've seen him, he's been playing at a position. So maybe in the Europa League, he'll get a run and, and that might see his United career kickstart again. Hopefully so, man. Hopefully so, because obviously one of the positions we've identified as centre-back, so could we save some money? Could we put all the money into, you know, a DM, a ball-playing DM, which we clearly need? Uh, you know, because we've got, we've got Ahmed coming in on the right wing, so we'll hopefully see him soon. So the right wing should be sorted. So it's now the DM position. We were talking about left-back, but now Luke Shaw's playing well, so we don't need to worry about that. So if, if we can sort out the centre-backs within the current squad, and we just put all our finances into getting a world-class defensive midfielder, then, then it looks like we have a decent team. And that leads us quite nicely on to a few of our listeners' questions. Thank you, listeners, for submitting uh, questions via Twitter. One of the first questions, and we kind of alluded it, to it during the chat, obviously Anthony Marshall is woefully underperforming. So what does that leave for the future of our centre-forward position? Well, uh, go out to the floor. Go out and buy a number nine immediately. I've defended Marshall for so many years. And last year, he almost had me. He almost had me thinking he could be a number nine. But this season has confirmed it for me. Just because of when Cavani plays and I see the threat Cavani poses inside the box with his running, um, with his pressing, and just him being a nuisance. For that alone, um, I can see that Marshall's not the type of person we need up front to lead the line because um, I don't think he does it enough even when he is in form to, to do that and he's shown that he's too inconsistent now to, to rely on him so at worst I would go and chase maybe Danny Ings and see if he can come up to this level and then perhaps him and, and Marshall could do rotation but whilst Haaland is there and still extremely young I think we should put all our finances and all our efforts into trying to snap him up because he's one of them generational strikers that don't come about too often and we can't be relying on, on Martial to do the job. So you said you're saying Martial out end of the season, yeah? Well, I'm six million for him. Let's get our money back and, and, and move on from. Right, OK. Martial out. Aka, you, you with that, you, you think Martial time at the club's done? As a number nine, yeah. I would still keep him for the left wing. I think he off the left wing. I still like him off the left wing. He is a he's an exceptional dribbler, and he does that. He, he can get goals. I know he hasn't been getting goals this year, but he can get plenty of goals off the left wing. But for number nine at Man United, he's just not good enough. That is not what you know. Two goals is not what a number nine does at Manchester United, and it's painful because I think a lot of United fans wanted it to work out for him at number nine. And last year, he showed us a little glimpse towards the back end of the season uh, and with his numbers last season to say that maybe he'll kick on. But he's 26 Nick, this year, I think. He's not what? Yeah, he's 26 this year. Yeah, 26 in December. He's not He's not like Greenwood. Have, I, I always say you have to judge the player at 25. I've got, I've got on to Rashford in the past, but I've always said as a caveat, I'll judge him at 25. Rashford's 23. Russell's going to be exceptional at 25. He's going to be world-class. Uh, Mason Green was going to be world-class in six years' time at 25. Ante Martial is, you know, he's dilly-dallying. He's hot one week, cold the next week. He's hot one month and cold for six months. Um, so I think uh, his time as number nine is up. I would like to see him on the left, but then, then again, that 
hampers Rashford because Rashford's a different animal off the left. Plus, with Martial, you have to look at his wages. He's on, he's on astronomical wages. So if we can get him off and get a good offer, I wouldn't just sell him to make money back. If we can get a really good offer, I'd, I'd sell him. But the question is, who's, I mean, who's going to buy him? Who's going to pay them wages and that fee for a guy who might not score for four months? That's, that's the scary question. So right now, are we saying that it's just Edison Cavani up top or we're seeing right. comments... A1 what's going on here? Like what what okay, Marshall this season, by all accounts, he's been he's been dreadful. Like we can't deny that. I'm not gonna defend them. I'm a Marshall fan, but this season you can't defend two goals. It's is it's disgusting. The long long and short of it. It's just disgusting. And in fact he's missed chances that he never misses. Like he's we've had him for four years before. And one thing mm. we've even if you like Marshall, you didn't like Marshall, you knew that he was a clinical finisher. But mm. sell him, sell him for what? Like do you, do, you, do you people just think that quality players grow on trees? Because we should know by now they don't because we spent almost probably almost a billion since Ferguson's left and 90% of the transfers absolutely suck. So I don't see why you'll sell a player like Marshall who could play across the front line. He's having a terrible season, but I still back him to eventually bounce back and actually start being good. If you look at Marshall's numbers and Rashford's numbers, they are exactly the same. Like they played almost exactly the same amount of games. They've got exactly the same amount of goals, the same amount of assists. Marshall's having a terrible run now, but I would back him to get better. Uh, I do agree with Stevie and Act that we can't be rel- in terms of strikers. We can't be relying on you if you're not going to be hitting every single year. Like you can't have an off year mm. as a striker. Like as a wide player, it can happen in it. But I do think that Marshall could be good as a secondary or, or third scorer. And I think and I think he can play off the right or off the left. Doesn't matter because he's a talented player. But I would definitely look to get a striker. But I won't sell Marshall. Why would he sell somebody who's 25, not even in a prime yet, who's has been getting better under Oli, but he's hit a really, really, really... And that's, this is his first proper rough patch for Man United ever. Like, he hasn't had the same patch. Remember Rashford had a year and a half under Jose mm. when Rashford was dreadful? Yeah. This is Marshall's... Mm. Marshall wasn't dreadful under Jose. Marshall get Jose on the job. So this is Marshall's first dreadful patch. Obviously, he's come at a bigger age. So I don't think... I wouldn't sell him. It doesn't make sense. You don't just sell quality players. That's just, that's silly to me. We're not talking about Fred here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about Martial. So I'll keep Martial, but I'll definitely bring in players. Like, if Ings was keep, because he's lost in his goal, yeah, I'll grab Ings, but I'm not the biggest Ings fan, so I want a proper bona fide hitter. Do you know what I mean? Haaland obviously would be the dream. Like, if we can get Haaland, that would be a dream. But again, if we get Haaland, we've got, we've got to play to Haaland's strengths. Haaland's a proper traditional number nine. We don't play to traditional number nine strengths because Cavani, not like that's Cavani eating, is it? Like, our fullbacks can't cross. We don't cross in general. Our midfielders outside Pogba and Bruno take too long to do anything. That's why Rashford was 25 times offside in, at Anfield because it's too long to pass. Too, so. many, too many times offside. Yeah. But you think out. the Cavani signing is a good signing then? Obviously, Marshall's gone off the boil. Imagine if we didn't have Cavani, we'll be relying on Cavani. I don't think Cavani's even doing much. Like, I don't think Cavani's even been dreadful. Nah. 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 Yeah, literally, only literally because he's managed to score more goals. And that's, that's you know, how bad Marshall's been. Was Cavani a good signing? Come on. Good. Forget running around everything. Was it a good or a bad signing coming in on a free? Now you're changing the question to get the answer that you want. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's been good. There's two different, there's two different things. But, um, I think he was but, a good signing that, that's done okay. But to be fair, he was really, really good against... Um, 
No. Fulham. That's what the oh, yeah, he sniffed that goal out. That was food and drink to him. Now the proper striker's finished. Not even the goal, just like Dusty's hunger. He's, one, he's, he's been, now he's getting his little one touch outside of our box, flicks around the corner. That's been really good. And he's getting, and he's, his movement is just like, oh my God, unbelievable. And for Brandon to Marshall, it's like, wow, this is like one minute eating, I don't know, corned beef stew, and next minute eating like fucking sushi. Like it's just completely different. Different levels. So. and sushi might be on. Well, I don't know. What, what are you? What are you rating lower? <laughs> I'm not doing this if you you just gone in. So elite this now. But what I was gonna say about Cavani is, yeah, the reason I think he's been a good signing is he's not been um he's not been amazing in terms of his impact in games. But if I look at, I, I, I'm tempted to say all of his goals. I feel like if he's not in the team. None of our other players get those goals. And so that's why I think he's been an important signing because he's just given us a dimension that previously we didn't have. He's a sniffer, man. Mm-hmm. He sniffs goals out, man. He's a predator. Like, goals, especially the first one. Like, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Proper sniffer. So, yeah, no, it's, it's good to have uh, an alternative up top. But to move from Cavani to sort of considering Oli now, we've got a few listeners' questions about our esteemed. Manager. So, one question. Uh, this guy must have really went to Wikipedia here. He said, Connor, United CM98, having beaten the likes of Pep, Klopp, Jose, Poch, Nangelsmann, Bielsa, two, uh, was it Touche, or I don't know, Tukio, I don't know how to say that guy's name, Ancelotti, Hayden Huttle during his tenure and now has us sitting at the top of the league after beating the best team during 2020. We can't really have chat for him to leave, can we? This is coming from an ex Oli Alta. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Can can we still say Oli out, or uh, considering the lines of managers he's beaten? Yeah, I, uh, I think with Oli, like I think his deal expires at the end of next season. And like I said before on this podcast many times, I want to see us finally post Fergie let someone see their contract out and finish their project. So, like we said, in the summer we're going to go out for a CDM, hopefully, maybe another centre back. Uh, and maybe a right winger or a backup right back. I want to see what the finished article is this time next year. This time next year, we'll see whether this is a flash in the pan or whether we're actually... For me, we are moving in the right direction. It might it might not seem like that at times, but we quite clearly are moving in the right direction. We're doing things that we haven't done since Fergie was there, i.e. top of the table, i.e. these winning runs, i.e. the most points in the calendar year. We are improving, you know, so um, I, I would love to see him finish. I think, you know, I think he has to finish his deal off now. I mean, how... He, how can you sack him at the end of the year? He's going to get top four. That's going to be the first time we've got top four back-to-back since Fergie left. So that is progression. He's, he's now made us once again, hopefully, a, a top four, established top four club that wants to have their eye on the title. So I, I want to see the deal finish. And Oli's the type of guy, like, he will wait to the last minute. And he won't just, like, go off elsewhere. Like, he, he loves Man United. Everything he does is for United. So he'll wait. He'll be happy to just see out the final of his contract and see where we are come next year. Yeah, I think I I agree with that. I think there's a question mark around whether he is the man to actually lead us to trophies. And, and as we saw with, with Poch um, previously, there's a difference between competing and then actually going over the hurdle and actually collecting that silverware. But if we look where we were when Mourinho left, I've got to give a lot of praise to Solskjaer. And to be fair... I've got to give some praise to the United board as well for holding steady with the trigger, 
and not being too trigger happy as many United fans would have, would have sacked him a while ago. And, and obviously, you've seen Lampard go go out today with with the sack as well. Um, I think he's um, improved some of the players, some of the young players at the club. He's brought in some decent signings as well. I think he's made the club a bit more sustainable as well. If you look at, at what we've got now for the future, it looks like we've got a decent pipeline in the youth team as well. And just generally what he's done all round with the with the coaching setup and, and the analytics team and so on and so forth. I think we we've got we've got a lot to thank Oli for. But whether he can actually lead us to titles, I think I think jury's out on that, but I'd definitely like to see him see out the rest of his contract. Hopefully next season with a couple more signings, we should be able to have a proper title race, if not this season. So two two for Oli Intel. We've lost you, Michael. But I'm guessing you're going to ask Dissy. I'm asking Dissy, my bad. Oh, you asking me if I'm Oli in or Oli out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying with that? Why? Well, I, I said what I said. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Oli's a guy. But I, I can't, I can't deny the results and productivity. And also, I can't remember what of the touchdown boys said that it can't be a coincidence that we've seen the best from Marshall in my United shirt, the best of Pogba in my United shirt, the best of Rashford in my United shirt, the best football we've played, the closest we've come to a title challenge. Under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I, I don't think that goes that goes without saying, and I simply think it's because Oli has the best taste in players out of all the managers that we've had, like the best taste in players out of all the managers we have, and he's actually allowing our players to express themselves. Like we don't see Rashford chasing fullbacks like we saw under Jose Mourinho. Rashford was out here moving like a marathon runner. Do you know what I mean? We don't. Um, <laughs> you know I mean, we're seeing Pogba able to express himself. We're seeing Bruno given freedom to go and press the goalkeeper if he wants to. And like Jamie, you know I he's brought in Mason Greenwood. That he's he's been offensive, so I can't I can't, I can't slate him. I just at the moment, like, all I could do is just really hope that he improves tactically. Maybe, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, Fletcher being involved. I don't know. Hopefully, Fletcher's got young tactics because sometimes we just get outdone by other teams simply because the managers are just more tactically aware than Oli and they make better adjustments. So mm. I don't believe in Oli, and that's why I still can't believe in his title run because I just don't see. Oli's gonna pick Klopp and Pep. I just, I just can't think. I can't see it, but I, was, I just hope so. In it, so I, I, I can't. I can't say Oli. So I have to, I have to give him these accolades. But is he gonna be the guy that make United win titles? I just, I just can't see it. It's an interesting you one. Think he's to make I, United great again. You say I was, I was gonna say. I think he's an. I was gonna say. I think he's an interesting one. Yeah, because. Um, like this decade, you've seen um, the trend go towards like absolute tacticians of managers. You see like your Klopp's, your Nagelsmann, um, your Sarri almost in his style. And, and and we've kind of gone away from managers who are just kind of like man managers and vibes like Ancelotti, Mourinho and, and so on and so forth. And I feel like there's something to be said because obviously we've seen Lampard get sacked today and I don't know if you lot have read about it, but they were saying he was really struggling to get his players on board and I think one of Oli's biggest strengths which mm. I think sometimes we play down how easy or how effective it is 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 man management of um, like Generation Z players who, who clearly are like bare temperamental and the guy's just got it 
absolutely spot on. I'm, so I've got to give him credit sorry, sorry to cut you before I forget. Look yeah, at the no. situation where he had Mina out here saying, yeah, basically, mm. my boy's off. Only you're dusted. Do you think you could ever have Haaland? Nah, bro, you're shit. <laughs> Haaland will ever go to you. You don't know nothing about being a champion. Like, and people were literally calling for Popper's head. And Oli, it's just like, no. Oli managed the situation so, so well. And to me, like, I just give him such respect as a man. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's so impressive because it'll be so... I remember Oli's under pressure for his job, bro. Like, mm. man has got banned out of the Champions League. Like, <laughs> and I think he could have easily just deflected onto Pogba like a lot of other cowardly managers, i.e. Frank Lampard. Like, we mm. see these cowardly managers just... When, they, when the pressure gets too hot, they start deflecting. Oli's never done that. I can't remember Oli ever drawing out the players. I can't no, remember. He, he always swallows it. He always swallows it. Yeah. And for that, I give him so much respect for because I hate people who draw out other people in public. Especially mm. what I think it's disgusting. So, big up Oli. But sorry, continue, yeah. Steve. The thing with, sorry, Steve. The thing with Oli is, like, if you go back to when Fergie was around, they used to ask Fergie out of all your ex-players who was likely to be a success as a manager. And he used to say it's Oli because Oli used to look at the way Fergie man- managed people how he handled players, and he said Ollie's always making notes and he's always learning. And it is underplayed sometimes, his man management. And I'd even dare I say, I think Ollie got the job because he was probably the most likely out of the ex-players on the interim basis to get the best out of Pogba. He had managed Pogba in the reserve team. He had a relationship with Pogba, a working relationship. And I feel that was the reason why he was appointed because Pogba was the main man in the team and the team was struggling and Pogba you know, had an issue with the, man- the previous manager. Ole's come in and he's always, you know, he stood by Pogba's side. He's never thrown any of his players under the bus. He's very clever. I don't know if you, if you noticed, he's got a pattern. So when we play well, he'll come out and say something like, oh, you know, the boys could have done better on this front. But when we play bad, that's when he actually supports the manager. And the players are watching in the dressing room. So they see the interview go out when they're in the dressing room after a bad result. And they see that Ole takes the shots for him like Fergie used to do. And they back him. And even at his lowest and darkest moments as a Man United manager, and, you know, the leaks have come out from the club. The players have always said, said yeah, you know, we do like Ole and we are behind him. And they've never thrown him under the bus. Do you remember Roy Keane said, well, you know, these guys will throw Ole under the bus? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, Roy, they haven't because they like the manager. And they've been there for the manager. So the players deserve some credit as well. And it's a two-way thing. They both like each other and they get along. So I think we have to give a lot of credit to Ole for getting the best out of the players. And the players are, are, are most of them are at an age where they're maturing now. Pogba's was, what, 26, Martial's 25. They've now become men, whereas maybe three, four years ago they were they were boys. Um, not to say that they caused any issues with Mourinho, because Mourinho is toxic. And lastly, to finish off, for me, Ole always wants the best for United. If you said to Ole, take nine shots in the chest, he'll take it. If he means United will win the league, he'll do it. Ole will do it for United. Ole will literally hang himself just so United can get success. And I love that about Ole. And I love that about. That's why I feel I have to back the manager because. He is there for United. He wants United to be... His ultimate goal isn't for him to win leagues. It isn't for him to get his medals. Yes, that's the part. But he really wants to restore United to where they should be at the top of the pile and where they were when he was a player. And for that, I respect the man. I like that. I think you make a very good point. He's United through and through. And that leads very well probably to the last question uh, we're going to have. Uh, it comes from Mush, man from the Coppen Frackers. Is that your... Uh, actually a pretty good question he says do you feel Oli has shown enough to be able to manage the other top clubs whenever his time at United ends <laughs> I think Ooh. jury's out on, on that one sometimes like you look at coaches like Zidane 
and I'm like, if you went anywhere else, you would be an absolute shit show. Um, <laughs> and, and and Ole might be one of those guys. I think I think he's got he had store credit in the bank at United because of what he's done, club legend and all of that. I think at another club like Chelsea, for instance, he would have gone long time ago. Um, so I'd struggle to see where he would go. Um, and I'd, I'd struggle to see how he'd get that much time. I think United have been very patient with him and we've allowed him to do his thing behind the scenes and progress at a very slow but um, consistent rate. I don't know if any of the other top six would, would allow that. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he actually has the, the qualities to do so either. What about you other two? So, Steve, you're saying he's just Man United credit he's running on. Do you guys agree? Agreed. But I, th- I, th- I think he's done enough to get himself, like, the step below. Maybe a young Leicester when Brendan Rodgers eventually yeah. goes to where he wants to go to. Or Everton when they realise that um, um, Angelo... What's his name? Angelo. Angelotti is just is just is just that pianos and vibes. Like once they once they <laughs> there. Yeah, you know I mean? that's, that's an episode name right there, boy. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? That just made that just reminded me that I forgot Ali was in the Premiership. Who did he manage again? Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff. Cardiff. Uh, that was an absolute shit show, innit? it? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, it was a pretty. He had to go. He had to go back to what he do all day, innit? He had to go back to Norway, innit? <laughs> so yeah, so you had to get confidence up. Well, Aka, are you the same? You think it's just Man United credit, or you think that Oli yeah. Oli's got something about him that he could he could go and manage a, a top team in Europe? It, it goes back to my original point. Like I said, Ole and United is a match made for each other. He's an ex-player. He did bits at the club. Um, he's a legend at the club, and it works. Like I said, and he's managed some of the players before, and he's got he's had a relationship. Um, you can see, like, I've got no doubt Ole gets on the blower to Fergie. When he's, when he's up Shit's Creek, he picks the phone up and he says, you know, Dad, come help me out. What's going on here? And Fergie's giving his little, you know, pearls of wisdom to him. Whereas I think if he's at another club, it just wouldn't fit the same. It is, like, he's created, he's gone back to basics. And like we said, we're living in a time where it's tactics and overcomplicating football. But he's literally just gone back to basics, restored the good, uh, feel-good factor at the club, the, the the club's DNA, how he t- you know he t- touches upon again and again. He's just restored that, and I think that could only be done at United. Like if he went to Chelsea or another big club and he tried to restore the Chelsea DNA, what is that getting sacked? So you know I think he's only made for United, and he, like this was said, he could probably land a Villa, Aston Villa job, an Everton job, maybe a Newcastle or a West Ham. That's probably his level after United, but. It's working, so long may it continue for United. Long yeah. may it continue. Yeah, Timmy, just Timmy, I'm not going to argue with you on this one. Yeah, I know you're the all-seeking, all-knowing. So I know he had six months to, to turn it around. I was saying it was just a shit show from both parties. Um, but just on this um, Ole stuff, do you lot think um, that if Fergie was still at the wheel, like he would have coped in this in this new pep? Klopp era like how do you think he would have fared 100% I hate that question because I'll tell you why because Ole wins the league Ole wins the league this year he's just packed away Pep and Klopp and then man are chatting to me saying that Pep and Klopp are going to chat to Fergie come on man he's doing a better job then never mind bringing Fergie into this if Ole wins the league this year that debate is done it's embarrassing that Pep and Klopp have spent 600 million or whatever 
and they lose the title to Ole, and you're going to sit here and ask me <laughs> if they would have beaten Fergie, man. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> I could already do that question. I hate it because Ole's chatting to these men and they're saying, Oh, do you think Fergie would have done better? Of course he would have. He would have packed the, Pep would have been running out of the country. He ran out of Spain because of Mourinho. He would have been running away from England because of Fergie. Boy, that, nah, that would have been... A, uh, Fergie saw everyone in his career in it, and I think that would have just been another person just to tick off. He even saw off Mourinho in it. And when Mourinho came, everyone's thinking, oh, this new guy from Portugal, he's the special one. Can anyone defeat him when Damien Duff and Robin and Drogba were all there doing a mazine? They were getting 95 points, Lampard scoring from midfield. And then Fergie came and done a three-peat in it. So never yeah. underestimate go, the great go. man. Sir Alex Ferguson. And that, that, I think we'll just wrap it up there, man. That's, we, we've been here. This has been another episode of Mugga. So thank you, Stevie. Thank you, Aka. Thank you, Disu, for sort of coming on, getting involved. And thank you guys for everyone tuning in live. Obviously, we do have uh, this function. And please like and subscribe to our YouTube page. And hopefully, it's going to be another week of making United great again. So everyone, peace out, everyone. Take care, people. Peace. Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Thank you, man. Vibes in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team, like man, you. Yeah, like man, you. Thank you, man. Vibes in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team, like man, you. Yeah, like man, you. Sports Social Podcast Network.